Hey, welcome to episode 13 of the Hansel and Gretel Code. In this episode, we ask a lot of questions. There's a knock on the door, and we end up on Saturday Night Live. You're going to be here for a while, so you better get comfortable. All right, if you insist. Oh my god, this is just fucking stupid. Of course, in our last episode, we uh, went to Canossa and discovered that Hansel and Gretel bread was metaphoric code for soul food, which, according to the Fourth Lateran Council, was the religious grace of the original finger-licking soul food recipe. Pizza. Um, no. The Word of God. Which, in turn, could only be found in the Vatican franchise of churches, and sold, er, er, dispensed, by its officially licensed preachers. That's correct. We also found out that the Hansel and Gretel famine was metaphoric code for a papal interdiction. What's that? Well, according to the Vatican rule books, this gave the Pope the divine power and authority to cut off the supply of grace whenever and wherever he chose. And so, during an interdiction, nobody could enter a church, receive the sacraments, or hear the word of God. My God, I can't even hear myself think. What part of silence don't you understand? Oh boy. Oh boy. Alrighty. Well, that said, here are the first three sentences of our fairy tale. Plus, the next uh, breadcrumb that advances our story. Once upon a time, there was a poor woodcutter who lived before a great forest. He had it so rough he could barely feed his wife and his two children. Once, there wasn't even any more bread. And he was terrified. Part 1 Teil 1 in which we set off in search of a nice, calming, grande mocha frappuccino. Well, excommunication, anathema, and interdiction, that was certainly cause for existential terror in the Middle Ages. So I think we're really on to something. Maybe. It's also important to realize that, just like our fairy tale famine, which happens more than once in Ansel and Gretel, Papal interdictions also happened more than once. Yeah, so what? Yeah, well, here's the deal. That particular fact should give us pause to reconsider just when this story was written. Huh? Well, seeing as how connected it was to perhaps the most famous papal interdiction of all time, that whole melodramatic meme of Canossa with the Holy Roman Emperor being forced to beg the Pope's forgiveness... That really seems to have been baked into the metaphor of our fairy tale bread and famine. Yes, I'm well aware of that. And that tells us it's much less likely that the story could have been written before the 11th century. In other words, before Canossa. Why the fuck not? Well, Canossa being such a monumental legend, it would only make sense that, consciously or not, 
our fairy tale author made use of the emotion it aroused and the profound effect it had on the European psyche. If for nothing else, then just the sake of good storytelling. In fact, the phrase, I want to conosa, meaning, I fucking had to apologize to that son of a bitch. Ooh! Well, it is so potent, it not only exists in every European language, it's something that people still actually say. Uh, <laughs> interesting. See, that should give us the sneaking, intuitive suspicion that our fairy tale, it couldn't possibly be older than the 14th century, the time of the Great Famine, and a good 300-plus years after Canossa. Why, 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 why? Well, because not only is there a second famine in the fairy tale, there was indeed another super-famous excommunication and papal interdiction in the 14th century, although nowhere near as famous as the one connected to Canossa. It'll be hard, hard, hard to find a play that will be remembered more than this one. Now, I don't want to get into the play-by-play of that particular interdiction, not here and now. Just know that it concerns yet another pissing contest between a Holy Roman Emperor and a Pope. Uh, I'll leave a few links and particulars on the webpage for this episode, okay? Right now, we've really got to do something about our woodcutter's panic attack. This guy could use a Xanax or some rescue remedy right about now. Although I think maybe the best we can do is find him a nice, calming cup of coffee and maybe a blueberry muffin. Anyone see a Starbucks? Oh, there's one over there. Oh, and one across the corner from it. Oh, and then there's one across the corner from there. Oh, there's 12 of them. Part 2 Teil 2 In which we find ourselves in a George Romero movie with zombies and trolls and nothing but a shovel for a weapon. You realize, of course, that despite the progress we're making, we're still left with a serious existential question. What's that? Is religious grace really the best metaphoric interpretation of this now missing Hansel and Gretel bread? And not just in the era of our author or that of the Grimm's, but much more importantly, how about in terms of our own zeitgeist? Who cares? Remember, this fairy tale is alive and well today, only because these symbols are alive and kicking in us. And I mean in all of us. And that's because they resonate with some painful personal experience that we ourselves have already had. Really? Albeit cloaked in the metaphoric costumes of the Hansel and Gretel story. Bollocks, just bollocks. Okay, sure, as, as far as papal interdictions go, it would seem that only Catholics can legitimately identify with our woodcutter's terror. I mean, who else has that dyed-in-the-wool memory of absolute obedience to papal authority? Nobody. Nobody. Like, nobody. Protestant families have gone through way too many post-Reformation generations to give much of a crap about anything the Pope says or does. No, sir. In fact, Protestants, along with Muslims and Jews probably consider the Pope to be a kind of anachronistic figurehead, not all that different from the Queen of England. And of course, for them, 
the Vatican can't escape the truth of its medieval history as a repository of ill will and enmity. I don't like you. I don't like you at all. So what's their stake in this? What is their experience of grace and of being denied grace? And again, what the hell is our own experience of postmodern grace? (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) Come on, what is the real deal modern day soul food for all of us? So how should I know? Who even cares? Well, it just can't be Facebook likes and retweets. I think maybe. And it sure as hell isn't winning lottery tickets or scratch cards. Um, I'm not so sure. You know, if that's the case, the souls of the vast majority of us must be pretty much starving to death. Although, I gotta tell you, that's not so very far from the truth. Oh no. Hell, these days, we don't have far to look to find all sorts of ways in which we're denied grace. And as far as feeling terrified goes, forget about it. There are so many facts and fictions in the news that terrorize us every single day. And all day long. Roger that. And forget about internet trolls. How about the threat of those real-life zombies who consider politics and religion, or, or I mean terrorism, to be their personal ticket to paradise? (laughs) Not to mention the perfect technology for creating their own proprietary brand of peace on Earth. Please just get out of my face. Hey, considering the fact that 1,000 years ago, converting everyone to Catholicism was considered a necessary prelude to Giochino da Fiore's Era of the Holy Ghost? Remember him from Episode 7? No. Well, the more things change, the more they, uh, you know... Uh, don't. Oh, well. So where and what the fuck is true, solid, genuine grace? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where and what is genuine soul food? Oh, boy. The kind that comes without any need for a freshness or expiration date. And the kind that nobody has the authority or even the power to cut off. Well, I... I don't know... Well, we've got to find out. And I promise, Hansel and Gretel has a damn good answer to this for every single one of us. Hooray! To get at it, though, we're just going to have to keep digging right up until the end of the tale. How long is this going to take? Teil 3 In which we find out that we really don't need a boat after all. Although, we do have to be careful about who we open the door to. Open the door. So, in our last episode, I said that Herr Holzacker, our woodcutter, was terrified because he was worried about loan sharks and as a result was having nightmares about Jaws. Well, turns out it wasn't exactly him dreaming of Jaws. I confess, it was me. Uh, excuse you. See, I don't often push myself out of my filter bubble or comfort zone, because, let's face it, 
I'm no hero. That's correct. And doing that on a regular basis, that's exhausting. Oh, really? Whatever I do, though, it's always a mixture of terrifying and exhilarating. Why? That's because it's one of the most significant ways of getting a taste of real soul food. Johnny, is this true? You bet your ass. Ooh! So on one particular occasion, after having risen to the occasion, I had a dream. And it included the terrifying presence of a great white shark. What the hell? In other words, the dream took my experience of stepping up and personified it as Jaws. No way. And of course, it wasn't the stepping up part that was personified. It was the ordeal itself. Diving into it, especially only half-willingly, well, that made me feel like I was swimming with sharks. Uh Uh-oh. And as I thought about that dream, my intuition gave me the delightfully comical connection between the name Jaws and the Old Testament Yahweh. You think that's funny, huh? See, Psyche was telling me that my ordeal amounted to a meeting with the deity. No way. I kid you not. I was learning that an experience of the deity and an experience of terror are not necessarily mutually exclusive. That shit is fucked up. That is indeed what's happening to our woodcutter. He's uh, meeting his maker without having to jump through the traditional hoop of, uh, you know, uh, dying first. You can't do that! On our next episode, we're going to dig a little deeper into our woodcutter's terror. And, knowing that he really has come face to face with his god, we're going to find out just why Yahweh has decided to come and knock on his door, carrying what's known in German as a Mitbringsel, a little hostess gift. Well, thanks for listening. Remember, you can find transcripts for each episode of the Hansel and Gretel Code on the website, betweenthelines.xyz. It's all one word, between the lines. And please do drop me a line if you've got any questions or comments about the story so far. Don't bother me. Can't you see I'm busy? I sure hope you're enjoying it, since I sure as hell enjoy sharing it with you. And... Once again, if you would please, please, please share it with someone you think might enjoy it too. That would uh, make like four or five of us now. Oh my god. Alrighty then. Ciao a tutti. Ciao, ciao.